Hey babes, this is Alyssa, the host of That's What Mom Said podcast and your new mom bestie. I've had to deal with daddy issues that later turned into baby daddy issues and honestly, the rest is history. As if being a mom isn't hard enough, I'm out here healing, trying to break generational curses, redefining motherhood, making sure I eat three times a day and my kids get fed and I remember to shower. And I think that if you're a mom, you get it. Join me every single Friday for a new episode, a new super mom, and a brand new story to tell. Download, subscribe, and turn your notifications on on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. And to stay up to date with all things That's What Mom Said, follow me on Instagram at That's What Mom Said Pod. We're back with another episode of That's What Mom Said, and I have my friend Shannon with me today. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me on. I'm so glad that you're here. Shannon and I met on Instagram. I think you heard my podcast, right? I did. (laughs) Yeah. How did you find me? Because I wanted to know. That is a really great question, and I don't even know if I remember. Oh, I do remember. I was searching Spotify for mom podcasts. Uh Uh-huh. And And I just popped up. It was like one of your first episodes. So I used to listen to this podcast all the time that my friend was doing. And she took like a really long hiatus. Like a year. I was like, I need like an like a mom podcast that's not like a like a Pinterest mom podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think when you was under your old name. And so like yeah. I knew it was gonna be cool. And when I listened to you, like I love your voice, like I love your Jersey accent so much. And I just felt like I was like, okay. <laughs> Like everyone says that to me, but I don't hear it. It's probably because. Uh, <laughs> so then I, I think I just like looked you up on Instagram and yeah, then we started talking and I'm cool as shit. You're cool as hell. Yeah. And so <laughs> I binge, I think I binge like a bunch of your episodes and now I'm like on that weekly. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I feel like, so I remember when you, cause you know, this is, so, this is hard. Like when you put yourself out there and stuff. Yeah. So when anytime I get a compliment, it's like in my head forever. And I think that you told me that like, you were so easy to listen to. And I was like, Oh my God, like this girl's about to be my friend forever. Because like, I just, I just, it, you were a stranger and it just felt so good. I know. I don't feel like we're strangers anymore. No, definitely not. Like I said, before we started recording, like I just felt so comfortable hopping on here. It's like FaceTime with my homie. I know. <laughs> Exciting, so. <laughs> All right. So I'm good. Like I said before, I'm going to let you just lead the way. So Shannon, tell us, tell us all about you. Okay. So I think one of the, the things that kind of like triggered you to want to talk to me was me sharing like, you know, way too much of my personal life, on Instagram, <laughs> but Same. I share a lot on my stories um, about my son's father. So my son is four and a half. He'll be five in January. And um, I, his, his, father passed away right before he turned two. Um, so it wasn't quite two yet. Um, and it was just like, after he had died, I kind of went on this journey of like, I did a lot of therapy, a lot of EMDR worked through a lot of things and just kind of started being open and telling his story. Um, so, you know, in terms of motherhood, I think my mother, my motherhood journey has been really tainted by grief the entire time. Um, when my son was born, his dad was two years sober um, and relapsed the night he was born. He relapsed like that night and I had pretty bad postpartum depression. So I didn't see it. Um, He was really, he was around, he helped me out. Um, And then right around the end of my maternity leave is when I realized he was, um, he had a history of homelessness. He was back on the streets and back using. Um, So that was kind of like the first thing I had to grieve. 
um, was like what him, right? His sobriety and what I kind of like thought our family would be. Yeah. I was just going to say your family, because that mm-hmm. up until that point, it was literally the night that your son was born. Yeah. I literally your whole life had changed. Like, moved back, moved back in with my mom. Like, it, like it was like sudden. And I was, I was also a new mom. I didn't really realize I was dealing with postpartum depression. Like, you know, when you're in it, you don't know that that's you don't happening. know. Yep. <laughs> no idea until you look back. Um, and so I don't even know how I was surviving. It was like barely, um, I really struggled when my son was a baby, baby, like to be a mom. Yeah. You (laughs) (laughs) to be a mom. I adore him. Yeah. yeah, He's so funny. Um, it was just so overwhelming and I didn't know why. And I realized like now, when I look back, like, of course it was overwhelming. I was dealing with all of these emotions. Um, and then when my son was a year and a half, my dad died. Um, so about, Four months before his dad died, my father died, who was also an addict um, and who I hadn't really talked to. Um, He was also had a history of homelessness and mental illness. And so I don't know that I really grieved that while it was happening. Mm -hmm. And then later that year is when um, my son's father did uh, pass away from an overdose. So it's just been it's now been two and a half years. Um, and I think that I'm at a place now where I finally don't feel like my motherhood journey is completely overshadowed by grief. Um, sometimes I have those feelings or those days, mm-hmm. but, uh, therapy <laughs> helped and also sharing his story because he was a storyteller, his yeah. my son's father, he all, yeah, yeah. And he <laughs> always was telling people stories. Always. He was the guy who was always talking and like I, like I shared with you, he wrote his story down a few times. He had mm-hmm. a lot of speeches he recorded. So I know this is something he probably would want me to do. And it's also helping me heal too. So, well, I mean, I have a podcast, so obviously I feel like yeah. talking itself, it just sharing yes. things is very, very healing. Just getting it off your chest. I feel like that's why therapy works so well. It's not necessarily, <clears throat> I mean, the def- the therapist definitely helps, but I feel like just getting those thoughts out there and being able to process them from your brain and like out you know? Right. It and helps. Like finding, finding people like when I, like a few episodes of your podcast, like I related so much to them and like, that's therapy, right? Like knowing like, Oh, I'm not alone in this. Like, yeah, I'm not the only one with yeah. the episode with your cousin. I was like sobbing. Like I was like, she's a hero. Like I love her. Dude, for- I'm, I'm obsessed with her. And we've literally <laughs> been like this since birth. Yeah. She's two years older than me. And like, I don't just, when I lost her, Mm-hmm. I, I know the pain that you felt because yeah. she just wasn't her anymore. And I grieved who she was. And I was like, this really sucks because this is not her. And I miss who she was. And I, now yeah. I have that back. So I feel mm-hmm. like it, the person's alive and you're, you're, you can still grieve. You're grieving them. Cause you know what they could be. And it's like eye opener for me, like just to change my perspective of um, just because I, I know that he could be, could have been better and could have turned his life around that's my perspective. You know what I mean? That that's yeah. not what happened. Um, so your cousin was, that was an awesome episode. I loved that. Oh, I'm glad <laughs> you loved it. I yeah. have to tell her how was it after your son was born? Like what, what was going so, on with him? When my son was born for the first month, yes, you <laughs> for the first month, um, I was a mess. So mm. I had no idea what I was doing. And I was an older mom. I was 29. And so I really thought he, you know, and I did all the classes. I read all the books. Um, I really thought you were prepared. I, I was prepared. I was like, I'm almost 30. Like I can, I had no idea what I was doing. I was a mess. I was like, 
I don't, I don't know what to do with you. Why are you always crying? So it would be like <laughs> relatable, right? For the first month, his dad did everything like would stay up at night, rocking him, um, take him away from me when I was like sobbing hysterically that I just like, couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you. And then it was almost like once I kind of pulled myself out of that and got to a point that I was like a stable parent is when I get, I think that his dad decided or not decided, but he let go. And mm. then, and then that was it. Like, he was like, okay, you got this. I can't pretend anymore. Cause I didn't actually realize he had relapsed um, because of all the things going on. Like, I just, I didn't even see it um, for a couple So months. once he relapsed the first time, like he was just back in it back in it um you know he told a lot of stories at the time you know uh oh I I only relapsed on suboxone and or I'm only doing pills um but then later as we talked years and years later like two years later you know he came clean it was he jumped right in right away and then that was it Mm -hmm. Um, so we did actually get to have that closure this is a weird story but two weeks before he died, he convinced me to take the day off of work and come see him, which I hadn't done since before my kid was born. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, no, I got to work. He convinced me. Um, so we sat on my porch and we talked for like four hours, like all the things that we've never said to each other. It was very strange. It was almost like, wow. And a lot of people had that experience with him before he passed. Interestingly, like people who hadn't seen him in a long time, like a lot of like closure conversations that you know, I, I don't know if he knew it was his time, but a lot of people, you know, had those experiences with him. And now I know that he, you know, did jump right in when he relapsed and he had just, he was really just holding on, I think, until I could take over being a parent. <laughs> so That's so sad. It, it is. It is very sad. Um, Does your son understand like what's, I mean, he's young, so I'm sure not everything, but like what how do you tell, how do you tell him like where his dad is? Yeah. So that's a really good question. So I didn't know how to say it. Cause I know he's like right there. I didn't know. Like... We talk about it all the time. So okay, okay. he was, I want to say 19 months old when his dad died. Um, and you know, we went to the memorial and we talked about it and obviously he was so young that he didn't really understand. Mm-hmm. So from that time on, I was always like, you know, there's pictures of dad everywhere. We have picture books. We talk about him all the time. Like you, yeah you <laughs> he cracks me up we talk about it all the time like oh you look like your dad right now let me tell you this about your dad mm-hmm. but now that he's older and very inquisitive um there's a lot of questions about how did he die or you know those kind of things mm-hmm. so I always equate it to like he has two older sisters um okay dad had two daughters yes you they are 10 and 15 And so the way that I talk to all of them is just very different. So the 15 year old, we talk about it all, right? Like she knows everything. Mm -hmm. And then the 10 year old, it's always been like, dad wasn't taking care of himself. He was doing really bad things to his body and he was really sick. Um, And so she, that's kind of how she understands it. And with him, um, it, it is kind of the same. I say a lot of like, your dad wasn't taking care of his body. He wasn't doing healthy things he got really really sick and his body couldn't you know keep up anymore which Mm -hmm. is true and you know as he gets older and we have the conversation about mental illness and addiction being you know a disease and being a sickness I think that that'll help him kind of like put the the dots together but I plan on being very open yeah no and I I love that because it's age appropriate but you know you're you're not lying to him you're not trying to keep it a secret that's important for kids to know the truth 
Oh yeah, for sure. Cause you know, I know, I do know parents who keep those things secret and I, you know, everybody does things for their own reasoning, but I just don't think his oldest daughter was kept in the dark until he died. And so that to me, that's mm. harder for me to talk about now as a 15 year old than it's going to be for him. Who's, who's kind of knowing this as he grows up. Yeah. That yeah. that's gotta be hard. Cause if she didn't know anything beforehand, it's kind of like what just happened. Exactly. The first day I ever met her was like at the hospital as he was dying. So, oh my goodness. And that was the first time she saw him in, in years and years. So like the whole thing, it's just, it, it touches like addiction of one person is like the ripple effect, especially with him. Um, and I know he would love for me to say this, but he was an OG in Pittsburgh. <laughs> you do, like I still walk down the street and people are like, you're Robbie Rob's wife. Like, and like in the house. So, you know, it was just such a ripple effect. I think at his memorial, which I organized in three days, there was like 300 people by a train, by a train track with like candles. Like, oh my goodness. um, He was loved. Very, very loved. And so like, I just want to, your daddy. Yeah. So I just want (laughs) to keep that going. People you're even like, will follow me on Instagram just to see how he's growing up to look like him. (laughs) That's so sweet. But I also like to tell my side of it. Um, you know, I, I know that he would want people to know his story, but it's also, I think, important to like, you know, and I've, I've said this in front of him, but motherhood has not been easy to me. It has not been kind to me. And a lot of moms, when I say that, look at me like, aren't you just so grateful to be a mother? You know, like those moms, like who cringe when you say like motherhood's hard. I cringe at moms like that. I know, exactly. <laughs> and, it, and it has not been kind to me in any way, you know, mm-hmm. and so- I, I like to be open about that because there are other moms who feel that way. Um, and whether, you know, it was definitely my circumstances, but it was also that motherhood is never what you expect it to be. Like never, even when you think, think you're prepared. Yes. I mean, I, I mean, I was like, I always want kids. I'll never have another one. I'm done. <laughs> Girl, I thought I was done after my first son too. Right. And here I am with three, like, right. and here we are. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's been really hard. That doesn't mean I don't love my kid, but you yeah. know, it's been a lot. But we're people like we have emotions and you went through so much. Like it was kind of back to back for you. Like that's, and you're trying to raise a child. It's like, you probably couldn't even deal with your own emotions. And then you have a kid on top of it. That's a lot. Oh yeah. And like going to work was like, it was like survival mode every day. Like, let me just get in there and just be a body there for like a year and a half. It was awful. So yeah, I, I went through with the worst, like with EJ, my youngest son. And I, when I was on my maternity leave, I think I had stayed out of work for eight weeks and I, I was supposed to have another six weeks. I couldn't do it. And everyone was like, Oh, you don't want to stay with your son. I'm like, I need to go to work. Like I can't be in this house and stare at these walls. Like I'm miserable. It doesn't mean I didn't love my kid. It didn't mean that I didn't want that time with my kid. But for me, I had to be out. Like I had to be doing something else. I, my mind needed to be distracted, Mm -hmm. you know, and People just thought I was crazy. And I'm just like, no, I'm not. (laughs) I remember like the first like few weeks of him being here, people were like, oh my God, are you just in heaven? And like, I wanted to vomit every time I got (laughs) No. Is that how I'm supposed to feel? Because I feel like I'm going to (laughs) die. So I I just like look back on that. And now like if my friends have kids, never will I ever send one of those texts. I'll be like, hey, do you need a shower? Like, do you need Yeah, like, do you want me to come hold the baby for a few? Like, I got you. 
Yes. We yes. need more mom friends like that because exactly. That's why I try to like pass that pass that wisdom along. Don't ask them if they're having fun. They're not. So. No, they're definitely not. They're not sleeping. They probably haven't showered in three days. Yes, they feel terrible. They don't send some food to their house, grub <laughs> yeah. or something. That's what my friends did. They sent groceries. They actually a lot of Smart. friends after Roberto died. That was the thing because they knew I wasn't eating, and so I would get you know everybody needs friends like that who are gonna like Instacart you groceries that they know yep. you're gonna. <laughs> agreed what yeah. was you guys relationship like was he sober while you guys were together the entire That's time question. so when we met no um okay. when we met he was and people think I'm crazy for this but I you know I share this too he was homeless living under a bridge um drinking every day mm-hmm. I had no idea what it was that charmed me about that well he was an OG he was an OG he had the <laughs> charm you know he just couldn't yeah. So about eight or nine months into us dating, um, I was like, I can't, I can't, this is chaotic. Obviously this is toxic, yeah. chaotic. I gotta get out. Um, and he, you know, he went to rehab and he ended up telling me, you know, I'm staying for 15 days. I'm staying for 30 days. Um, 13 months later, he was 13 months sober, still living in a rehab and Aww. doing work release thing. So I would pick him up on the weekends and like he had weekend passes. So a year of our relationship was him in, uh, in rehab, just down on the North side, like 10 minutes from me. We'd see each other on the weekends, talk on the phone. He was like running the place, you know, now, mm-hmm. now he's here at every meeting and now he, so structure was great for him. Um, and then when he got out of rehab, he became a peer specialist and you're in the field. So you know what that means. Yeah. Um, so he became a peer specialist, but he became a peer specialist for the exact team that he was on. So the homeless outreach team that helped him, that's who he worked for. Okay. So, so for about a year, he and I lived in an apartment and he worked in the field and I worked in the field and we planned our son. Actually, we were like, this is, this is it. We were, we got it. Um, and I think what it was when we all look back is he was not ready to be thrown back into that environment after a year. I think that he was just too early in his sobriety. Um, and I think that he, like, going back to help try and help the same friends that he was using with mm-hmm. was just, um, it was rewarding for him at first. And then he just became too enmeshed in it again. And the boundaries just fell away. And then it was so easy for him to just go back. I know where everybody is. I still have, I'm still in contact with everybody. Yeah. Um, and a baby being born, you know, when you're a routine person, this man got up at the same time every day with no alarm clock, like, oh you know, goodness. like, like structure, a baby mm-hmm. being born blows that up. Um, so I think that that was just another factor working in the field um, after a year of sobriety and then deciding to have a baby after two was yeah, just, it wasn't enough structure. No, it was, and it was too rushed, too impulsive. We thought he was doing so well. You know, I have, you know, friends in the field that were like, I really literally never thought he would ever use again. And I thought that too, which was really naive somehow, but he did that. He did that well for so long. Yeah. But I mean, that just goes to show you, you're literally recovering forever. Like it's not just a process. It's not once you hit six months, you're good. Once you hit a year, you're good. Once you hit 10 years, you're doing it forever, forever, forever. He got, got that chip and I was like, oh, two years, like, you know, and yeah, it's just, like, he's good at this point. Mm-hmm. No, never. It's lifelong for sure. 
what was it like when like once he was sober at the when the, everything was going on like did it make you love him so much more because he was like a different person like how totally different person yeah. yes it was like I mean when someone and one of his drugs of choice was alcohol mm-hmm. and so when someone's drinking a lot you never know what you're gonna get with them yep um and so he was hilarious he was like like I actually struggle to go to the grocery store now because we did such normal things. Like we went from hanging out under a bridge to like <laughs> coupon clipping at like, he was just really stable and felt really safe. Like he went to meetings a few times a week. And um, I remember when I got really pregnant, he would bring me with him because he wanted people to like see that the baby was gonna be so proud. And every, it just was one of those things that I just never saw past like, well, this is it now. This is normal life. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it was, it was great. He was, he's hilarious. He was still like very, like, uh, I don't know how to say it. Like he lived on the street for so long. So like taking him to a restaurant sometimes was like embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> like he just didn't know how to act. I'm like, stop talking. Uh-huh. Like, you know, like, say hi to Alyssa. <laughs> you have Batman on your shirt? No. Oh, I'm sure. seeing things. <laughs> it's just blue. Yes. Is that and your co- Is that your favorite yeah. color? What's your favorite color? Green. Green. That's my son's favorite color. Because we have green eyes, huh? <laughs> son, EJ's last name is Green, so that's why he says his favorite color is green. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> well, because his middle name's Tiger. He always says that his, his favorite so answer is Tiger. He's Daniel Tiger. Oh my god, that is so cute. Yeah, that was actually <laughs> not on purpose. Um, his dad was in charge of the middle name. And we called him Daniel Tiger as a nickname my whole pregnancy. And the day he was born, he was like, you know what? I feel like Tiger sounds really good. <laughs> so, so you went with it? That's dope. I, I That's did. So cool. You know, I was like, I would like something like, you know, Spanish because he was Mexican. Uh-huh. But like, you know what? Like Tiger's just really sounding good. So he's Daniel Tiger. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> yep. I picked his first name. So middle name was all him. <laughs> I love that though. That is so freaking cute. <laughs> yeah. That is so cute. What do you guys do to like, do you do anything with him to like honor his dad or like remember his dad other than just like talking about him? Yeah. So the two things we do all the time are um, look up at the moon and talk to his dad. Love that. Um, when a train passes yes. by, it's dad, it's his dad um, checking on him. And so sometimes at school he'll hear a train and be like, that's my dad. Oh, <laughs> I love that. We are still, you know, I make sure he sees his sister's and um his dad's parents who are very very elderly they're in their 80s um but I mean we talk about all the time we have picture books um so I try to do everything I can to you know remind him I love what you're doing with this podcast though oh thank you you know, I was going to tell you today, you posted that email that you got. No, you posted that email that you got um, about your podcast doing well. And I really feel like it's your consistency. Like, I know, like, every Friday morning, it's going to be there. Like, that's, I feel like the thing. That's what you Well, that's, do. I'm literally recording um, with one of my friends on Wednesday for her podcast that I met, like, through podcasting. And sh- that's what we're talking about. Like, moms who are consistent. Like, that is... Mm-hmm that's why I don't care about like the episodes that have like messed up sound quality or whatever. Like if you are listening to me, you know that there's an episode every single Friday. 
that's what it is. Like that's, that's why, like, that was my goal. Radar. Yeah. Yeah. And like, not only that, but like, it's crazy because I, my episodes drop, I have them drop at 2 22 AM just cause yeah. that's my number. But by the time I wake up in the morning at like six or seven o'clock, there's already like 10, 15 listen. So that, there, that makes me feel so good. Like my, as soon as it drops, yeah. someone's listening. That's me because I get up so early. <laughs> it is. I swear because I get up early and I drop my son off at like six 30 and I always want to listen to a podcast in the morning. Like, mm-hmm. And so I know on Fridays, it's like a Wednesdays call her daddy drops and on Fridays yours drops. <laughs> Honestly, like it's hard for me to get into podcasts. So like, that's why like I right away, like looked you up on Instagram, like, because. Cause you I was, love me. Okay. Period. I did. I was like, it's like my girlfriend chatting with me, like on the phone. Like <laughs> that's the vibe that I was going for, you know, but I feel yeah. like, I don't know. I feel like I throw, I might throw people off because it says mom, but like, I'm a cool mom. Yeah, no. And, but also when you had your episode about um EJ and his dad like you know I think it was like you know having a baby and then having somebody who didn't want to be involved like I related a lot to that like like yeah. you have a baby with somebody and then you're like you really don't care like to be here and doing this with me like I really mm-hmm. that one. that may have been one of the first ones I listened to yeah that one was hard and I got a lot of backlash for that did you yeah. well it was really good and I related to it so if it helps anybody okay it, well thank you it was worth it <laughs> I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. This was awesome. Yes, thank you. I'm sorry for all the technical difficulties. Bye. See ya. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of That's What Mom Said. Be sure to click the fifth star and leave a super cute review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now. Make sure you send this episode to your mom friends, your group chat, your grandmother, your kid's teacher, or literally anybody else that you've ever met. I'll talk to you guys next week. Okay, love you. Bye.